This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey there, this is Danielle. And this is Jamie. Welcome to episode 52 of the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast. We are super excited to talk with Kate All today of Simple Pin Media all about Pinterest and how influencers can better use Pinterest. Jamie, can I confess something to you? Please, I love confessions. Oh my God, my cat is under the desk headbutting me like nonstop because she's on pain medication. And the vet tech was like, she might be acting a little bit drunk. So I think my drunk cat is like trying to be on the podcast. (laughs) Your cat is super interested in Pinterest. You know, it's not surprising. I'm pretty sure I might have a board on hairless cats. (laughs) Maybe she just wants to see it. Like Instagram? Yeah. Oh, that's what, you know what? I can't say all of my saved stuff on Instagram is hairless cats. There's a lot of them, but it is mostly cakes. Is But do you look for cakes on Pinterest too? I feel like there's got to be a lot of good material on Pinterest for cakes. If we're going to have confession too, I don't use Pinterest a lot. I was really into it when it first came out and I had all of my boards. Everything was so like nicely organized. And then I just kind of stopped. And now the main thing I use it for is if I'm trying to find recipes for things. How about you? Do you use it? I'm also going to make a confession. Oh, no. I never used Pinterest. (laughs) Ever? Really? That's interesting. So when when it started, I certainly made an account. (laughs) And then I opened it up and I went, nope. And I closed it up and I never went back. It's, um, It's not the way my brain works. I like it because I like to look at the pictures. And I'm pretty sure that I have a board somewhere that's like rainbows. And, you know, things like that, which I know is not surprising. Um, My one random thing that I can say about Pinterest is way back when, when I was still using it pretty actively, I was added to a group board with Nina Garcia, who I am sure you know from the fashion world. Oh my gosh. Top style editor, Nina Garcia. Yeah. So I used to get like a lot of traffic from 
people who were more interested in her <laughs> that were also seeing my random pins. I still don't know how it happened, but that was, I guess, my one Pinterest claim to fame. Otherwise, I ha- I really, I do just look it up to try to find something that I can cook, which as we know, I then can't execute. And then I look for more recipes, which I then can't execute. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. If I were on a board with Nina Garcia, I would have adopted Pinterest. <laughs> I do use it occasionally for um, for recipes. I have it's you know it's sort of like a Google now. It's a search engine. I think how a lot of people use it. I know a lot of bloggers get a lot of their traffic from it, which is fantastic. I know we probably should use it more than we do. <laughs> I think um, that answer is yes. Yeah. And based on the things you will hear in this interview, um, I think Kate can show us the way there because it's an incredible traffic builder. And she's going to share a number of the increase that she saw for a client through Pinterest. My mind was completely blown when she did it. It was a stunning change. Oh, yeah. This is we're cautionary tales. We're missing (laughs) a huge boat. We should Pinterest should be used in your business, particularly. Personally, I don't I, I wonder if a lot of people, I'd like to know in the HQ if people use Pinterest personally or if they just use it for business. Yes. Tell us because we do need to know this. And if we're the ones who are missing out, then obviously we need to change course here and listen to everything that Kate said. I don't want FOMO. I don't like, now I feel I have it already. It's too late. I now know. I, I got to get on Pinterest. <laughs> I hear you. I am pretty sure that you will have some outstanding fashion boards. Oh, yeah, I really would. All right. right, You got to tell us about Kate. We need to hear about Kate because I'm going to go down a fashion rabbit hole and it's it it won't be good. Okay, good for anyone. So here is a little bit about Kate. She is the owner of Simple Pin Media. She has a passion for helping bloggers and content creators and small business owners grow their business using Pinterest. Her goal is to make Pinterest marketing actionable and simple. And from the interview, I think you will agree that that is something she does so well. Kate is regularly seen at conferences speaking on the topic. And just a little bit about her personally, she loves sparkly drinks, fine cheese, and great friends. And she is just an awesome person all around. So let's dive into our interview with Kate. Kate, welcome to the show. I am so excited to talk to you today about all things Pinterest for influencers. I'm excited to talk to you too. Thanks for having me. So to start us off, I want to talk a little bit about your background because I think that I have been extremely lucky to talk to you more about the business side of things. So I love hearing just your business story and kind of how you started and how you grew. So tell us a little about your background. I actually got into the online space pretty early on. I think it was like 2009. A friend had asked me to help her with her Facebook strategy. And that was when she was blogging, right? And that's when everybody had a blog. And really, you went to blog to comments. But then with the introduction of Facebook, we started to see that social media traffic. Everybody needed to pay attention to it. And so she said, will you just manage this for me? Because I don't know how to do it. I did. And I loved it. And it was really fantastic. And I worked as a blog administrator for her. So I got to learn all about affiliate marketing and how to be strategic with your online 
content. And then in 2013 was when Facebook had changed their algorithm for the very first time and no business pages got views anymore. It was like literally this like Armageddon type thing for these bloggers. And so their next step was to look at what other social media platform can drive traffic. And Pinterest was the natural next step for most of them. What that time too, my husband and I had experienced job loss. That was the recession. We were coming out of it and we were super duper poor. And so we needed some way to generate income. So with this switch, the woman that I was working for said, well, why don't you manage people's Pinterest pages? I thought she was completely crazy. It would never work. Nobody would ever pay for that. But she said, just try it and see what happens. So I got a couple clients and then two turned into four, turned into six, turned into five years later. We have 120 clients and I have a team of 35. So that's been crazy is ride. Amazing. I love just knowing about the intense growth that you have experienced. And I think yeah. that you really have figured out what your market needs. And I love that. What types of things do you focus on at Simple Pin Media? So we primarily, number one, focus on Pinterest management. And that's mostly for our clients who are making more than six figures a year. They have either a shop or they have a really successful blog that gets traffic. We are starting to get more of those small shop you know, Shopify people or Etsy sellers that maybe have never really focused on Pinterest, but they are not interested in learning it or managing it themselves. So they come to us to basically take it off their plate completely so that they can focus back on things in their business. But with that too, I've realized that what I love to do is teach. In fact, my original idea after college, I got a degree in political science, was to teach high schoolers, civics, contemporary world problems. So I love to teach and that kind of came out with the podcast and helping those who maybe weren't making enough money to pay for our services. I teach them how to really get up and running with Pinterest, kind of bootstrapping it themselves through the podcast and the blog. That is amazing. Now, since you are a huge expert in this area, I really want to talk about some of your Pinterest tips for influencers. Why do you think it is such an important channel that people should learn how to master to help their business grow? Well, I think that when you are looking at your business and you want to get more exposure, you have to use these social media channels. And each one is very, very unique. In fact, we hear influencer actually more associated with Instagram than we do with Pinterest. But I believe that, you know, missing out on Pinterest or not avoiding it or whatever you want to call it, that's a really big mistake because Pinterest is very much like Google. It can drive traffic year over year. People search over there. They're in discovery mode. There's a whole different type of, I guess, ecosystem that influencers can really tap into, not only to connect with their audience, but to connect with brands. So I don't believe it's gotten a good reputation just yet for influencers. I Again, I think Instagram is really where a lot of people go, but I think ignoring it is not such a wise choice for influencers. I think you really need to be active over there. I am curious from the clients that you work with, can you tell us, I don't know if you have any examples and I'm totally asking you this on the fly. Do you have any examples of kind of the growth that you have seen for somebody who maybe wasn't using Pinterest effectively before and what kind of traffic increase they saw with a better management process? Yeah. In fact, I just pulled numbers yesterday for one of our a potential clients coming on with us and she's an Etsy seller and she wanted to know what kind of 
expectations? What, like, what can I expect for growth? And while I would tell most everybody, I wouldn't commit to a number just because there's so many different factors that go into it. But we had a client who was doing nothing. She actually had a specific, it was like custom kennels and crates out. Actually, it was called kennel and crate out of these buffets, like antique buffets that you would create a kennel. So it would kind of fit into your furniture, right? And she was getting people coming to her website, but she hadn't done anything with Pinterest. And we got her images up and running, her keyword strategy. And that was in March. And this month we looked and she's grown 12,000%. It's insane. And while- Kate, oh my God. I know. And that's when you see the little asterisk like results are not typical. Um, I would say that somebody who has not been actively marketing on Pinterest and they actually put some great foundations in place, their opportunity for growth over probably six to eight months, because that's what we tell people, you can't expect growth overnight. You want to really wait and kind of, it's a slow moving train. You're kind of like building it up. But once you get it moving and people really resonate with your product, especially those Pinterest users, these pins can bring you traffic month over month, year over year. Those are incredible results. I'm so happy that you shared that. And I, you know what a numbers and analytics geek I am. So I love (laughs) hearing that kind of percentage. That is astounding. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, once upon a time, so long ago, the important thing on Pinterest was how many followers you had. Is that still an important metric on Pinterest as it is today? Or what other types of things am I looking for when I'm diving into those metrics? So that's a question that I get all the time. And especially for connecting it to influencers, there seems to be this strong connection with followers being social proof. So I'll kind of explain a little bit the history. In the beginning followers were definitely important up until 2014. And then when Pinterest changed to the smart feed, the users feeds were a compilation of who they followed, what they were interested in, and potentially future content they might be interested in. Pinterest has created this smart feed. So that took it to a place where followers were just not important anymore outside of the influencer space where you needed the number to tell to brands or whoever you wanted to work with. Within the last six months, Pinterest has added what's called a follower feed. And that allows you to see content from specifically the people you follow. The thing about that, though, is we don't know how much users are actually using that feed compared to their own like basic smart feed. And that's what you see when you open up your phone or your desktop. So I wouldn't put a whole lot of emphasis on followers. And that kind of leads to the other metrics, leads me into the other metrics because followers don't translate to traffic. And so if we're looking at Pinterest as a traffic driver, as a search and discovery network, then our whole goal is to get people to click on our pins, either save it for later to click on it later, or to click on it right away. So the number one metric we look for is how many clicks are we getting from Pinterest to our website? And often I'll tell people, this is where the party is happening. This is where people are entering into your site. And that could be anywhere. Basically, you could have something that you created two years ago that Pinterest users keep flooding towards and you want to greet them at your website to say, hey, like, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Here's what you can discover on my site, basically. So clicks is going to be number one. Saves, which formerly are called repins, are important, but 
I love that you love data and we do too. And so we track everything that happens on Pinterest. And what we found is that as our clients grow in sessions or clicks, there is not a direct correlation between saves and repins. In fact, when we see saves and repins decrease, we've actually seen clicks increase. So it's kind of an interesting phenomenon to track. But after five years of Pinterest marketing, your number one thing you want to look for in Google Analytics is sessions and what's happening with the traffic coming to your site. That's a really great tip. And I'm just going to throw out there that it is going to be repins in my heart forever. <laughs> I'm not, I can't, whenever somebody's like a Pinterest save, I'm like, is that a repin? I know. (laughs) And you know, the only reason they changed it was because Pinterest has grown tremendously on an international level and repin didn't resonate with their international audiences. It didn't make sense, but save made sense and translated in lots of other languages. So that's the reason they changed it. I like knowing that. I Mm -hmm. like the background there. Thank you. You're welcome. So We know it's important to drill down and get in front of your target audience because obviously getting in front of the right people, that's what's going to drive those sessions that you mentioned. So how do you decide who that target audience is and then how do you hone in on them on Pinterest? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that goes back to you have to do a lot of analyzing of maybe why you even started your business or who might read your content or who might buy your product. So that could even be as broad right away as women only 25 to 35 or their stay at home mom or not a stay at home mom. You can go through a series of questions even deeper than that to say maybe what's their favorite publication? What would they read? What would they watch on TV? What would they like to buy? What do you think their income bracket? is. Start there. And if you can't go super deep on that, and maybe you don't know, then I would say hop over to Pinterest and search around on some of the things that you talk about. I commonly use the example of food bloggers because I think they they have an advantage in the sense that a lot of food is on Pinterest. I mean, People go there for recipes all the time. But with that comes a competition. You know, you can only make so many chocolate chip cookie recipes, like so many variations, right? So you really have to add an edge to what you're talking about, whether it's vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free, because Pinterest users are searching on Pinterest for those specific types of things. As you're trying to drill down to your demographic, think, what is going to be the thing that's going to stand out with my brand that's not vanilla, for lack of a better term? Really good tips. You mentioned the smart feed. So I'm interested in talking a little bit about the algorithm because as you said at the very start, Facebook changes its algorithm uh, kind of a lot, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels like for a lot of people, when Pinterest made some changes, they maybe there was some freaking out, maybe just a little. So are there any of, are there any newer changes that people might not yet be aware of? Well, Uh, No. Well, let me, it's kind of a a hard question to answer, but I'll say this. When Pinterest changed in 2014 to that smart feed, their goal was to give each user exactly what they would be interested in. Because before 2014, there was chronological. So if you had your Aunt Sally that was pinning 25 pictures of cats, (laughs) while you, Danielle, would love it, especially if it was a hairless cat, (laughs) I I might not be interested in seeing 25 in a row. So this allowed the users to curate their feed. So what that meant for a marketer is we had to try to figure out how do we get into users' feeds? And one of the main ways was keywords. And 
a distinction here that I think might help people is the main three platforms we see people use for social media is Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And Instagram and Facebook are heavily driven by audience engagement and insights. In fact, if you were going to run an ad, that's what you would target. You would target an audience. And also on Facebook and Instagram, what you see there, you just see once. It's like, well, it's a one and done. The shelf life of a post or um, anything over there is probably like 15 minutes or something like that. There's no chance to resurface the content over and over. And what we see on Instagram and Facebook, sometimes people will take what they know about the algorithm there and apply it to Pinterest. Facebook has all these penalties. If you write this certain word or if you use a third-party schedule or whatever it is, you will get demoted, I guess. I, to, I don't know if that's the best term, but there's all these worries of penalties. Pinterest doesn't have penalties. They have these open ways that you can engage with their algorithm. And actually, let me take that back a little bit. The only penalty they've told us within the last six months is the size of your image. So the ideal size for an image on Pinterest is vertical. It's a two to three aspect ratio. So if we're breaking down to easy math, it's 600 by 900. That's the ideal size. They have said, if you create a pin that is longer than 1260, we will not distribute that pin because there was a problem on Pinterest where people were creating what's called a giraffe pin. And that was something like 2000, 3000 in length. And so it took up basically your entire phone. You know, you had to scroll forever. And so they said, we we don't want you to do that anymore. So please don't create long images. If you do, there is a penalty. But outside of that, Really, what you want to be focused on is how do you use keywords in your pin description that match up with what people are searching? And so you can get into their smart feeds because Pinterest can recommend your content to them because maybe they want to create a better smart feed experience for their users. That makes a lot of sense. So if somebody has older content on Pinterest, like old pins, and maybe they've still got horizontal images, whatever the case might be, do you think it's important to go back and make changes to reflect those you know, the newer algorithms that they yes. installed? I do. And there's a right way to do it. So when you have a pin that's out there, it's just out there. It's basically you can't mass update the pin. So what you would want to do, and let's say you have a something you pinned four years ago about um, the best way to write up a contract or the best templates or whatever it is, and you keep getting all this traffic, people are interested in it, but it's a small horizontal image. What you would want to do is update on your site and add the pinnable image to your website and then start pinning that new image. You will probably still get traffic from that tiny horizontal image, but at least now you've given your audience a new image that they can share and then you can share. That's great advice. One of the other areas that we get a lot of questions about is software. Do you recommend software like Tailwind is the one I know of hearing people talk about the most. Do you think there are pros or cons to using using a scheduler for your pins? There's been a lot of debate about this again, because back to Facebook, Facebook has been clear over the years that they don't like third party schedulers, but Pinterest has actually gone above and beyond to approve schedulers with their own API and Tailwind is one of those. What I like about using a scheduling tool or a program is that you are not a slave to Pinterest and having to be pinning your pins every single day. And as business owners, we're so busy. So if we can schedule ahead, that allows our pins to go out onto the platform in what is called fresh content. And Pinterest has said that we would like you to pin from your website to Pinterest 
and at, that acts as a fresh pin. Well, when you pin through Tailwind, Pinterest sees that as well as a fresh pin. So they have said using a scheduler is absolutely acceptable. They've done a lot of collaborations with Tailwind. They support them 100%. So really the biggest reason you use a scheduling tool is because you don't want to waste your time and you want to be efficient. I don't know what the appropriate word for this is. What would a not fresh pin be? Would that be like a repin? Yes. Exactly. So Pinterest has said within the last six months and a lot of lives they've been doing and Pinterest has not been good with communication over the last couple of years, especially with content creators. And they've now come out to say, we want your content onto the platform. We want you to help our users find great ideas. So we want you to pin your fresh content to the platform and then let our users do the repinning or the saving for you. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk recently about hashtags on Pinterest. How mm -hmm. does your hashtag strategy there differ from the way you might use hashtags on Twitter or Instagram? Okay, so Pinterest for a long time said no to hashtags. And then in August of 2017, all of a sudden they said yes to hashtags. So now what we have on Pinterest is what's called a hashtag feed. So that funnels any pin that has a hashtag in the pin description into this chronological feed. We haven't heard from Pinterest any studies yet as to how users are using it, but basically it's another way to categorize or search for content. So on Instagram, you would use a hashtag to try to get into these feeds and people are, they're accustomed to using these hashtags to find more content by clicking on them. Pinterest, it's not, they do highlight in blue so you can click on them and then it will take you to the hashtag feed that's updated in real time. But again, it's been very glitchy. So what we tell marketers is when we see a change on Pinterest, we want to wade into the waters pretty slowly because as history has told us, Pinterest will add, they'll introduce something and then they'll change it a little bit. So what we recommend right now is you add four to five hashtags only to your Pinterest description at the very end. So the ideal pin description looks like one to two sentences written naturally with keywords peppered throughout. And then that's followed by hashtags at the end. So you're really optimizing for both the smart feed with your one to two natural sentences and then the chronological hashtag feed with your hashtags. And use hashtags that actually match up with some of the keywords that you have in the sentence because that will help you be pretty streamlined in your keywording strategy. So since you said it's a chronological feed for the hashtags, does that mean somebody should not go back to their old pins and start adding hashtags? Correct. Yes. The only way that I would tell you to go back and update anything is if we're looking at the metrics, like I said, and we're seeing where the traffic is coming to our site and maybe you're updating and adding a pinnable image in the description of that image on your site you can definitely add the hashtags there so that any of the audience members that you have or people sharing your content, it will share with that description and hashtags and then it will go into the chronological feed. But updating any of the existing pins is just a waste of time. That's very good to know. Thank you. So if somebody is not really using Pinterest at all right now, if they're just starting fresh, what do you recommend focusing on to start? 
So the number one thing I recommend is that their profile is branded and it communicates the message of their blog or business. That means going through and making sure the profile photo matches all your other photos on your website and then on on socials. And then number two would be the name and your profile description, telling people what it's about if they happen to land on there. And then updating your boards. You know, you and I were talking about maybe some personal boards that you might have. You know, if you were to take your Pinterest account that you have touched for a couple of years and overhaul it into a business, you would have to change up some of the board names. You would have to move some boards to secret that didn't fit the brand anymore. Maybe like the fancy dresses board because people aren't coming to you to look for that. But if you move it to secret, you don't lose followers and you still have the ability to pin to it, which is great because then you can use your profile as both business and personal. So really overhauling your profile so that if I I was to hop on it, I don't know anything about you, I would hop on it and instantly know at least something about you and something about what you do. Oh, Danielle List does legal strategy for influencers or, you know, legal work for influencers. I'm not saying that right, but you get the idea. I would understand who you are and who you serve. And then I can begin to build on that. But a lot of people, what they do is they go into it and they just start pinning. And that's kind of putting the cart before the horse. You want to make sure your profile is branded. That makes sense. So we're getting ready to wrap up. And I just want to know, do you have any additional tips or advice when it comes to using Pinterest for maximizing traffic and then turning readers into customers? So I would say number one is going to be your images. Images are the billboard advertising of Pinterest. They're the first hook. So if you have not taken a look at your images or even asked maybe your mastermind or people in your community what they think of your images to get good feedback on them, I would start there and then always make sure that you use very clean, readable font and just a few words to really literally catch people like you would a billboard. And that is what allows them to click to your site. And then when they're on your site, just make sure it's easy to navigate. They know where they're going, what they're doing, and then ask them to sign up for your new newsletter when they come to your site, whether that's through a pop-up or even just a link within the post where you're getting a lot of traffic. But I highly, highly suggest that you figure out a great strategy for images that look very branded, they're consistent, and they build that brand awareness. And if images are not your skill set, they are not mine, find somebody that you can hire out to create images for you that would be ones that really reflect, reflect your branding. Thank you so much. I always found the images to be such a struggle. I started blogging in like 2004 and <laughs> it feels like so ancient now. And <laughs> at the time we really just used blogging. Like we did kind of what I would say I use Facebook for now, just, you know, generic yeah. updates and things. And then I remember every blog post has to have a picture now. And that was kind of when I lost interest because it's just not my area of strength. So I love the idea of just hire it out. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up now. Are you interested in doing our rapid fire questions? You betcha. I thought these were so fun. Awesome. Thank you. So number one, coffee or tea? Coffee. Number two, what's your favorite book? It can be business or not business. So I have a favorite book for business is E-Myth. It was one of the best books I've ever read. And I like 1,000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp. That was a good reminder to give thanks every day for things. I don't think I've read E-Myth. And I think I need to put this on my TBR because I know a uh, lot of people yeah. really love it. 
Yes, it was like mind blowing for business overall. Like the E kind of made me think, is it just for internet marketers? But it's not. It's for any small business owner. Excellent. What was the first thing that you did to celebrate success in your business? What did you do for yourself? We added on to our house. We added 700 square feet, which was a new toilet, which meant we had two bathrooms in the house and we paid for it (laughs) in cash. So that was amazing. That is amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. Question four, do you have a word for the year? If so, what is it? It's encourage. And I just feel called to encourage other women business owners in my life. So try to take the challenge to encourage them every day through little emails or notes or gifts or whatever it is. That's fantastic. Five. Are you Apple or PC? PC. Oh, thank you. No one <laughs> ever answers this with me. I was I'm waiting just... to see what your response was going to be. I was like, oh, maybe she's an Apple girl. But thank you for no. being PC, Danielle. I love you even more. I'm not an Apple. Like, it just doesn't make sense for my brain. So whenever anybody says PC, I'm like, I'm not alone. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not the oddball. Right. I'm not. There. Yay. So, and then last but not least, please tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, Simple Pin Media on all social channels, but simplepinmedia.com has all the links to our Wednesday weekly email, which is packed full of tips, and then our podcast, and every podcast is converted into a blog post for those who like to read. So really just going to simplepinmedia.com will direct you everywhere you need to go. And I strongly recommend following Kate on Instagram because she does very awesome stories. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. Well, Danielle, we we are wrong. And um, we need to be on Pinterest. That was an amazing interview. It's true. I think that's going to be one of our, um, let's make it Q4. Let's give me, not you, because you're like better at planning or like just kind of diving in, whereas I need a little bit of time to acclimate myself, shall we say? So let's plan for that for a Q4 activity. I was going to say New Year's resolution. <laughs> oh, and now see, you're usually the one who starts everything quickly. Never mind. We can do New Year's. Give me like several months. To get- I do. I do. Actually, I would start tomorrow. I would just start pinning <laughs> things. Things would happen. It would, it would go sideways. You'd take over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a glimpse into our lives. <laughs> Well, we hear from everybody in the HQ. Are you regular Pinterest users for personal? Do you use it for business? Tell us what and how you use it. And then tell us about the awesome boards that you have, because if especially you have anything about cake, I'd really like to see them. And fashion. Um, And fashion for Jamie. Uh, So if you are not already a member of the HQ, you can join us at businessease.com slash HQ. And for show notes, you can go to businessease.com slash episode 52. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at We'd really love to hang out with you on our Facebook group, The Business Ease HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.